0: The Jalo Chow Chow
1: podcast has returned.
0: What have I done to you? What do you want from me?
1: We want you to listen. We want you to subscribe. And we want you to join our Facebook group. Do you know how to do those things?
0: I don't know. I don't know anything.
1: Well then, it seems we have no choice. Ah! <laughs> no! No!
2: Ciao everybody and welcome to i believe the third episode of the second volume of jello chow chow the all jello show yep yes that's, that's what it. that
1: is that's yeah. exactly what you said is what it is and uh, i didn't step on any of it i'm so proud of myself
2: i was kind of waiting for you to like throw something in there for me to go off of i'm like uh i forgot <laughs> what else to say how are you I'm okay. How are you? Good. Are the did the
1: fires get closer or further um, away?
2: Well, everything seemed to be okay, and then earlier today, about literally like ten miles from here, a fire started. Ugh, but different one. A different one, and it's the road I take to go up to the mountains, mm. and it's we haven't really seen a whole lot, but the wind's blowing the other way. So uh, I don't know how that's going. Last I heard, it was still small and they were sending people, but they weren't worried. But who knows?
1: But they put Uh, out the, uh, the Apple
2: fire. Did they put that one out? I think so. Because um, I was getting um, notifications on my phone telling Um, certain like neighborhoods that they could go back to their houses after being evacuated. So, um, whether or not it just cleaned up here and it's okay here, I'm sure it's out. The only thing I have heard of, I guess, is called the lake fire. Okay. There's one in Sacramento or near Sacramento. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: Regardless of all of that nonsense, here we are, and we're here to talk about Jalo. And tonight we're going to talk about the weekend murders. We're bah, bah, Sorry, we're
2: not. We're not going to do that yet.
1: No, we're not, because I I'm hoping you have a top three. I have a top three. Awesome. And okay. before we do the top three, uh huh, got a little bit of housekeeping to do here. All um, right. first of all, we are over four hundred. Facebook members. And I just wanna say, woo! To all those people, man. I, I dude, seriously, I get requests at least one a day, sometimes two, three, four, five a day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's awesome. We uh, are at four hundred and seven. So I wanna say oh. I wanna say hello to everybody out there who's new. And the last time we did a podcast, we were Three fifty or three sixty. So nice. got a bunch of people over the last uh, thing, and the the eyeball, the eyeball episode had something to do with it. I think it, it came out really well. Um, I do want to say that if anybody is listening and doesn't like the minutia of uh, scene by scene analysis, I don't think it's something I want to do with every single film. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. Um, I think it should be reserved for special films, like, you know, this is a film that you and I both either love or hate or whatever, and we're going to go scene by scene with it. But some of the other ones, like, I don't think every podcast should have a scene by
2: scene. How do you feel? No, that's cool. Like, sometimes, like, especially if they're, I mean, like you say, like, if it's something that we really love, like then, yeah, obviously we're going to want to do that. But then it's like, well, what if it's a movie that a lot of our listeners love and we're like, yeah, it's so-and-so, so so we're not going to do that. Mm, That's a good point. Like, maybe that should be like a group question. Yeah, we might as well pull it out, you know? We've got not enough people that can answer If we don't do scene-by-scene, then let's not do it. You know, because I remember I, before you came on the show, we started doing scene by scene
0: mm-hmm. and
2: the first bit of criticism we got was, God, you guys don't have to do scene by scene. Right. And I was like, ow. And now the person <laughs> who wrote that's like, oh shit, I remember writing that. So I'm sorry for calling you
1: out. Hopefully, maybe he stopped listening because you kept doing scene by scene.
2: Well, no, that we never did it again after that. Uh for many many episodes and then i forgot and just started doing it again (laughs) well you have a good point though
1: because um we might decide that we should do a scene by scene for a movie because we think it's worthy of scene by scene but it may also be you know maybe we pull it out and say all right our next film is going to be this you know should we scene by scene or something like that i don't know um but I really enjoyed the eyeball, um, the eyeball uh, discussion, and, and it was a long one. And I, I listened to it a couple of times, and a couple of things I wanted to bring out. Um, I guess errata is the is the word, or retraction, or whatever you want to say, because um, I got a few things wrong, um, and I listened back to it. So first of all, we were Shit. talking about uh, Slayer. Remember we were talking about Slayer? Yeah. I mentioned the. The concert where when they played raining blood, it was raining blood on them. Yeah, I mentioned it was at the Warfield, so I got that wrong. Um, there is a War at the Warfield concert that was that was um, recorded and released, and that was in two thousand three. But in two thousand four, they put out a DVD called Still Raining, and that was at the Civic Center in Maine, Augusta, Maine, and that's where. The raining blood, co- the raining blood thing happened. So, it's a very minor thing, but we're at the war you field.
2: Piece of shit.
1: Um, I just wanted to get it right. I didn't want anybody to think that I, you know, was purposely trying to screw things up. Um, speaking of getting things wrong, the other thing I wanted to do was <laughs> apologize to anyone who lives in Burlington, Vermont. because we talk so much shit about burlington vermont because and not that we talked shit about it we didn't we didn't say anything bad about it you
2: dude yeah yeah, you're right
1: you're right it was just me (laughs) i didn't say anything bad about it i just said that i don't understand why it was such a big deal in the movie they just kept mentioning it over and over again and and it's a and it's a insignificant town in vermont well it's not um, an insignificant town. I went and did a little bit of research on Burlington. It's a beautiful place, and oh God. I'm not um, very political. I mean, I kind of get into politics when I think it's necessary, and I was a very big Bernie Sanders fan until there was no reason to um, be interested in him anymore because he wasn't going anywhere, and Bernie Sanders is from Burlington, Vermont.
2: Oh, my God. No, he's not. Yes. Yes.
1: He is from the state. He is from the city of Burlington, Vermont, and he oh. is a Vermont state senator. I think.
2: Yeah. How come nobody said? Well, Bernie's from here. What in the movie? <laughs> yeah. Because he was he, in politics when that he, movie came out. He's old enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Oh my god, that's fucking hysterical. Yeah. Wow. Nothing so, good comes out of Burlington, Vermont. I just again, so
1: everybody. I I I'm sorry. And in real time, Jesse Sundvall, in real time, Jesse Sundvall, I'm approving your Jallo Chow Chow group uh, application right now. Um, Not to change the subject or anything. The last thing I I was
2: trying to hide that.
1: The last thing I wanted wanted to say was you were talking about how you decided that you were going to make it your mission To find a copy of the Misfits Legacy of Brutality on pink vinyl. Don't even fucking tell me you have it. No, I don't have it, but I did some research. And the last time it was sold on eBay, guess how much it sold for
2: I'm scared.
1: I don't want to. In 2014, a copy of it was sold.
2: I don't know, man. Tell me. I'm, I'm getting freaked out. You really want to know? You probably don't want to know was well, it like dirt cheap? No, it's the opposite. Oh, okay. So it was like thousands of dollars.
1: $5,000. Shut
2: over. the front door. Are you yeah, serious? Man. Yep. Oh.
1: There's there's a website called poppsych.com and it has a it has a history of all of the vinyl sales from eBay over the years. And if you look up Misfits, oh. there's a, there's so much, man. And I feel like a shithead because I looked up the ones that I had and how much I sold them for when I sold them compared to what they sell for now, and it's crazy. I yeah. could I could put a dent in my mortgage if I still had them. Which yeah. really pisses me off. Because I sold them probably to buy either pot or <laughs> Jallo laser discs.
2: I'm not sure which.
1: Maybe both. <laughs>
2: But he really <laughs> moved me into a bigger house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, oh shit! I said the quiet part loud, and the loud part quiet. Yes. Yeah. That oh like man, little Scott thing. Um, That's awful.
1: The best God, one is bucks. Go on, go on to pop psych and look up horror business. There were two versions of horror business. One was yellow. And that one was like 5,000 copies. And then there was a version on regular black vinyl, no color. And there was only 25 copies made. And it's on there. Um, I think it sold for like 20 grand.
2: Um, what? I, gotta I look guess it it's yeah. like a, a supply and demand thing, too. like Because the Legacy of Brutality on pink vinyl, there's only 16. Wow, yeah. But like, I always got so pissed. I'm like, why do you guys press two thousand copies of yellow vinyl?
0: <laughs> and Twenty of
2: black. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, oh yeah,
1: no. Here we go. The hard business, black seven inch in two thousand four sold for eighty two hundred, and then in two thousand eight sold for fourteen thousand
2: dollars. <laughs> fourteen grand for a record a <laughs> seven inch yeah fuck it's like that spider-man comic which one are you talking about amazing fantasy 14 yeah,
1: yeah yeah right exactly what that sell for like a hundred thousand bucks or
2: something i think more than that um i can't believe i actually knew that that's really weird yeah it was the first appearance
1: of spider-man right yeah it wasn't it actually for Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's lots of versions of that, but I think like there were only a few left that have like that eight.
2: Oh, wait, no, because that that was the the next. Because, no, no, no. It wasn't Fantastic Four. It was the one with just him on the cover. And then the next month is when they changed it to Amazing Spider Man, I think. And they canceled Amazing Fantasy. And that's why he was Amazing Spider Man.
1: Ah, okay. <clears throat> to try to it now. bring people over. 12 cents they sold it for.
2: Man, I should not retain information that I retain.
0: <laughs>
2: like there's people who are like physicists and working on like COVID vaccines and yep. I'm like, a oh, in fantasy 14.
1: That sort of energy can't be created or destroyed. It just has to sit out there in the ether and, and someone has to absorb it. That's all. You absorbed the Spider-Man thing. Oh, that's a
2: housekeeping note. There you go. Uh, we listened to, like, how many? Like, four or five episodes of The Office, Office Ladies?
1: Oh, it's great, man.
2: It is good. I feel like they're still acting, though. Really? Yeah. And I'm h- hoping, because it's I'm starting from the beginning, <clears throat> that once they kind of hit more of a stride it'll seem a little bit more real. Uh, I,
1: I don't know. I mean, like I think I noticed that they become a little bit more relaxed
2: with the format as they go on. Okay. Um, but I don't really, they sound exactly the same when they're talking to each other as they do when they're doing their radio spots. Like oh my god, I'm getting all these like clothes from a thrift store and a box delivered to my house, and it's stuff that I actually... Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like when they do the ads, like they yeah. do their
1: own ads? Yeah. It's, no, that's true. Like the and exact it, it, same. It actually gets worse than better with that.
0: Uh, because
1: they got... Spot- so in the beginning, if you notice, the first few episodes of that, when they say they're going to go take a break, they take the break and they come right back. Yeah. And I think they just purposely are putting those spaces there because eventually they're going to have ad space there. Yeah. Um, so as the podcast moves on to like, you know, the 10th or the you know double digit episodes, when they say we're going to take a break, they take a break and then they start talking about like those things, like you're saying. But like the last one I, I listened to, it was the episode where Dwight takes um, the temp. What the hell is the temp's name? Damn Ryan. Ryan. Um, Dwight takes Ryan on and a sales call, <laughs> but like takes him to his farm instead. Yeah, yeah, and all that crazy stuff happens, and Moes is there, and he's got to wrestle him and shit. Yeah. So they had the uh, BJ Novak and Rain Wilson on the show for that episode to talk about it. Oh, so that's cool. The reason why I really like it is because they have so much insider info.
0: Yeah.
1: There and they they keep it they keep it going. Like they don't do,
2: Well, it's kind of weird because like a lot of their insider info, they talk about getting off of the extras of the DVD season. Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, well, shit, like I have that. Like, why are you telling me that? But then we're doing a shallow podcast where all the information we get is stuff that we find that anyone can get.
0: Yeah. Basically
2: this now is a podcast about other podcasts being better (laughs) than ours. <laughs> um, you really don't need to listen to this podcast to get any of this information.
1: Well, you can, you know, you can hit your 15
2: second skip ahead button if you feel like it right now, but uh and we'll still be talking about <laughs> the <office>. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because I listen to podcasts that are a lot of them are a part of the same network. Okay. And um so the majority of podcasts I listen to right now are sponsored by Blue Chew.
1: Blue chew? Is that like a tobacco
2: thing? No, it's oh. um, like Viagra. Oh, Viagra chewable chewable Viagra. Viagra. Okay. It works on a full stomach um, and works pretty much instantly. It works on a full stomach. Gets get you going, you know, <laughs> so you can work all night. So wait, uh, in other words, what
1: you're telling me is the people who need to take Viagra are too lazy to time it so that they take it on an empty stomach
2: dude why time it you just like you never know when stuff's gonna go just had a ne- night you never up. know when you're like rocking and rolling and then what if you take it earlier and you guys have this great dinner and it's all candles and beautiful and everything and then you get home and you accidentally call her fat
0: and then she <laughs> doesn't want to
2: put out and then you're <laughs> stuck with a hard dick for six hours <laughs> what are you gonna do then
0: Huh,
1: huh? Yeah, well, listen, the answer is obvious.
2: Call <laughs> the, the emergency r- until it falls off, right?
1: <laughs> so I mean, you go out to dinner and you got this full stomach. you, you know you ate, you ate two racks of ribs. And some cornbread. Probably and probably minty, and it makes your breath smell nice, too. Mac and cheese, and some coleslaw, and you're stuffed like you've unbuttoned your pants. And you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to get some action tonight, so I better take that blue
2: chew. Uh, I'm going to work this off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. That's funny. Yeah, so join the blue chew nation, everyone. I got One more thing from, from last time that was
1: left over. I went back and looked at the Giallo score for Eyeball, okay? Oh, did you change it? Well, first of all, there's no need to change it because it's not a site anymore. But I went and looked through everything.
2: Don't get snippy with me, Mr.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And here's the problem. Um, Eyeball got an 85, okay? The reason. very respectful. Which is very respectable, but the reason why it only got an 85 is because of the red gloves, believe it or not. Okay. The red gloves would have put it at a 90. Um, it got 25 points. Now, here's the thing, right? You know how, if you remember, I had this little signature section where there was all these little tiny things like... You know, was there a and B bottle in the in the film or whatever? Yeah. And each, each one of those was one point, but I capped it at ten. Okay. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Eyeball got fifteen of those. So, if you if you take out the red gloves, but allow all of those signatures, it gets a
2: ninety on the Jalo score. But then you would have to take out all of the things for all the movies on the score. So, yeah, when all
1: those movies that had extra signatures would have gone up a little bit. So it would have affected, you know, all the scores. But the Italian location, it lost points for. And the red gloves instead of black gloves, it lost points for.
2: Yeah. That would well, have been... What's that? It happens. It happened to Black Belly of the Tarantula, too.
1: Yeah, because... In that one, didn't she, didn't Gold
2: that gloves. didn't the killer have like It was more like surgical gloves almost? Yeah, they were like weird rubber gloves, but they looked like that like weird um, kind of yellowy latex that's more brown. Right. It looks like something you found under your grandma's bathroom sink on accident. Right. Yeah.
1: And I looks- don't know if is that partly because the um the film took place in like a spa and yeah.
0: like the the
1: the the people that that work there had to use those kinds of gloves to be sterile i guess i don't know yeah All right, that was it. So let's hear.
2: Let's let's get to your top three. Okay, so top three, Um, top three favorite fast food places. Oh wow! If we would have done this two weeks ago, right? Panda Express would have been my number three. Okay. But um, it's going to a place that is new to me, even though I've seen it my whole life, and that is Arby's. Okay, you went to Arby's for the first time. Well, I went the first time when I was a kid and then never went back. Okay. And then um, there's one near the shops out there. And I got one of those uh, chicken wraps and they're fucking delicious. Wow. Okay. My wife is probably very upset with me right now
1: (laughs) because I did
2: not bring her home one. Okay. Um, And then number
1: two. Wait, she's just hearing this out loud for the
2: first time? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, so that's how that works. Um, do you do you have an Arby's out there, sir? Well, let's see. I don't know it's if they
1: are. Arby's it. is not a humongously popular fast food chain here, but they are out here. I have never been to one though.
2: Yeah, I, I recommend the the wraps. They have the meats, according to the commercial. Yeah. Yeah, um, my number two would be um, Taco Bell, because okay. whenever I'm around, and I'm just cruising around, driving around, doing something, and I get hungry, I get really cranky. If I haven't gotten any food in my tummy, and that's just how it is, I could just go through there, get a five-layer burrito in like two seconds, and I'm out. Yep. Yep. It's just quick and easy. Well,
1: and the other thing that makes Taco Bell great is they're the only place where you can get a Baja Blast Mountain
2: Dew. That's not true anymore, I don't think. I think it's they not. have shops now.
1: Well, out here, we cannot get it anywhere. Really? The only place you can get a Baja Blast is at Taco Bell around here. Yeah.
2: That was, like, the thing for a long time. But, yeah, you could get bottles of it at the shop. Like Really? It's somewhere. not as good, though, man. The fountain... Found, yeah, found versions. versions are always better. So much better. Okay. Um, number one is, this is probably more just California, but right. Del Taco. What's Del Taco is the greatest place ever. I they have never even heard of it. Oh, dude, you are missing out. Yeah, well. Um, I-, I could get fries, burgers, burritos, tacos, uh, breakfast burritos, whatever. They have everything. <laughs> <laughs> and they are delicious And um, for the longest time If I was ever hung over I would just go get a quesadilla And that would just clear Everything right up wow. so, um, That's just my
1: go-to So you have two different Mexican fast food restaurants On your top three Yeah,
2: but The Del Taco You could get burgers at, too Oh, okay. Yeah, you did mention so, that. And their burgers are quite tasty. Even though they're um they're not like super fat, patty like right. burgers. They're just really good. They're just very tasty.
1: Well, now I have a question because you live on the west coast.
2: I live on the west coast.
1: I never I've never in my life been to a in and out burger. Okay. Because we don't have them out here.
2: Yeah. In and Out Burger is really good, but um, I don't like lines. And right. if you ever see an In n Out Burger, there will be um, the drive-through line will be right. out to the street. Okay. Um, and it just takes forever to get your food, and the the burgers themselves are so small. Okay. That like. <clears throat> Like, if you went with somebody and they got up to take a piss real quick, by the time they got back, you would almost be done with <laughs> your fries. further gone fries almost gone. And <laughs> you've been there for 45 minutes waiting for that food. So, to me, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Okay. But okay. it is fucking good. Do you guys have Chick-fil-A out there? Yes. And okay. I don't think I've ever been there.
1: Now, I haven't been either, but it's the same thing. And out here, Chick-fil-A is, hu- is so huge that when the, if you go to the drive through they have two lanes, and they have a guy, like an actual...
2: With, living, like, an iPad?
1: Yeah, with a living
0: person, person yeah. who's
2: out there just, like, going they, through the... Yeah, yeah. They do that at In-N-Out Burger, or yeah. they do it at Chick-fil-A? They do that at In-N-Out. They do that at really busy McDonald's locations. Okay. Um, wow. Like the only thing good at McDonald's is Coke, like Fountain Coke. I don't know. Okay. What the I always f- like their fries at McDonald's I like Yeah. Their fries. Del Taco's got some banging fries though. That's why like McDonald's isn't even on the list. And every time I go to McDonald's, I don't buy the food. I only rent it, if you know what <laughs> <I
0: mean. laughs>
2: So, um But wait, but, now do you guys have a sh- have Shake Shack's out there? There is, I've seen only one yeah. And it's um, right next to Walmart, actually. Never been there though. But How their
1: fri- their fries are a thousand times better than McDonald's. Just oh, okay. so
0: you know.
2: Um,
1: and like, and McDonald's so- are like McDonald's fries are the fries to beat, right? From from when I was the littlest kid, it was like
2: the McDonald's fries are the best. You and- you would hate In N Out fries. You would absolutely hate In N Out fries. <laughs> they're just like they're they're shaped like French fries, but they're almost just like potato chips. Okay. Like, I don't know how to explain them. Um, they're not very tasty. I don't like the ones that have the batter on them.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I like yeah. I like deep fried French fries, but like the beer battered ones, eh. Not a big fan.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, now, do you guys have Jack in the Box out there?
0: Yes, we Is do. Is that any
2: good? Um, yeah, to be honest, the only thing I like getting there is their breakfast. Okay. They serve breakfast all day. So I could just get like egg and sausage smammages all day. Those are good. And they are two tacos for a dollar or whatever. They're really good. They're like, they're like barely tacos. They're tacos, but it's like someone put a craft single in a deep fried taco. I don't know. They're tasty, though. I like them. That's yeah. Tough. We got all sorts of fast food out of here. And see, the funny thing is, there's, like, certain small, like, Mexican restaurant chains. Right. That I would actually prefer. Yes. But I haven't been to any of them in a couple years because there's none out where I'm at. I see. As opposed to, like, when I lived in Orange County or L.A., when, like, you would find, like, an Albertico's every so often and that place is bomb like the burritos are like see-through so if you got guacamole on your burrito like you can see the green through the tortilla like wow if you okay. got just like cheese like you could it, it's orange like sour cream it's like super white like that place like it's kind of like wouldn't it's, like, it's kind of like the chipotle of uh no, see now chipotle is owned by mcdonald's yeah i know and that place is like just too weird <laughs> it's like it's fresh but it's like fresh from a bag i don't know if that makes sense like everything just feels weird about yeah, chipotle. i know i know what you mean but
1: you know whenever i go there you know they're they're they're, they're frying up some peppers and onions like right on the grill behind me mm-hmm. so like
2: yeah i don't mind that's like when i walk into panda express dude it's just like everything's on a walk and it's yeah. just like the place smells like you're gonna like destroy the whole place if someone doesn't put food in your mouth right then
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> orange chicken beijing beef fried rice chow mein boom you are ready so that- to go.
1: So that's what, is that your number four Panda Express? Oh yeah. Because you yeah. said that, that Arby's, Arby's knocked it out. It's a
2: drive-thru, it counts. Okay. So,
1: um, yeah. Yeah, drive-thru is important. Well, that was a very... Now very, you know
2: me a little bit more.
1: Very informative uh, top three. And I, and I like the directions that you continue to take us. Because yeah. it gives me ideas for what to do. Like it maybe it's just
2: it doesn't Here, have go. to
1: be it doesn't have to be significant or important. It could just be a top three.
2: You're gonna go. My top three stakes. Steak, <laughs> steak, <and> steak. <laughs> I can give Let's
1: you my top, top of- three I can give you my top three stakes right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but We're not going to, because we only do one top three per episode. Now it's time. We moved on. Let's talk about this friggin' movie. Did you watch it?
2: Bump 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 bum. Out of every okay, I'm gonna just say this right now to get it out in the open, so we could have a fun talk.
0: <laughs>
2: that is the most annoying fucking bit of this movie. I agree. Like, every time that happened, I I just like I'm like I'm out of it. Like I got pulled out immediately. I I totally agree. <sighs> I'm with you 100. But.
1: I have a way to explain why they thought it was cool. Like we, we don't, don't it's annoying both of us. Smash. The name of the film in Italian is called Concerto per Pistola Solista. Okay. Ah. And the name of the piece that's that's playing is Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto. Oh, so what they did was they made a title called concert for a solo pistol instead of like concert for solo piano or concert for solo clarinet. It's concert for solo solo pistol. And so they, were, they play that thing. And they, uh,
2: I'm sorry. I, I stepped all over you. Sorry. I stepped on you. I, I just was saying so they were looking for more of a highbrow audience. For this. I, don't,
1: I don't necessarily think that that's why I think that they liked the idea of playing this Tchaikovsky piece over and over again. And every time the grand rhythmic gesture of the piano came in, they also played the sound of the pistol and they just wrapped all that, that whole theme together. Like the name of the film the idea of what was going on in the film, the music of the film and the little play on words, it was just too much for them to only do once. You know what I mean? I think they needed to do it a few times.
2: Well, I think the reason why it like bothered me at first is because the first body we find, they say right after they did all the gunshots that this person's been strangled And you're like, why the fuck, who was shooting the gun two seconds ago? Well, who's the
1: first person they found?
2: They found, at the golf course. Because that was actually
1: the fourth person they found.
2: I know, but that's how the movie starts. Right, right, right. And then they go back. But we don't know that when that happens. We think that's the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, God, all these people are looking awfully suspicious for someone who just saw a police officer. <laughs> but little did I know that this was four days later. Right. Which
1: is actually a pretty cool part of the film. Yeah. The fa- it's, it's a very Tarantino. Well, I mean, I don't want to say that they barred from Tarantino. It just seems like Tarantino saw said, I'm going to make a movie where I start in the middle, go backwards, and then finish the end. Which is kind yeah, of
2: what that's did how you feel once you get back to that po- point. I thought that was the end of the movie. Right. And I was like, oh, this is wrapping up pretty sh- shitty. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, like Ugh, well, well, whatever. I got other shit to do. And then I looked at how much time was left in the movie and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Because <laughs> there was still like a good like, 40 minutes left. And I was just like, oh. But yeah. So the weekend murders. The Weekend Murders,
1: or the Concerto per Pistola Solista. So, I can give you some background on it. I don't know if you did any reconnaissance
2: or research on the film at all. Give us some background. Let's see what you have.
1: Well, okay, so I've got a couple of things that I that I got out of the commentary because the Blu-ray that came out, I don't know how long ago, maybe a couple years ago, has a commentary track with uh, Peter Baldwin who plays Anthony Carter in the film. And some guy named Scott Spiegel who I think is a director and worked on Hostel and worked on some other stuff related to tarantino yeah, and and sam rammy and stuff like that i think yeah um and of course imdb so yeah. um directors michael lupo uh, sergio donati did the screenplay and francesco de massi did the music and of course as we've already discussed the main theme of the film is Tchaikovsky's piano concerto number one. I don't know if you remember, but they also use that in the Bloodstained
2: Butterfly over and over again. So I do um, not remember that. Don't remember uh, there... not, Bloodstained Butterfly is not a very memorable film, to be honest. I since we're just talking about music right now, I just want to bring this up before I forget. When everyone was pulling up at the manor, or right. the mansion or whatever. Um, I think it was when the dude who shows up with the black chick gets there. Right, and gets out of the car. They play a song from Blood and Black Lace for about three seconds. Dude, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't necessarily Not Blood and Black Lace, but um, Bay of Blood. I mean,
1: okay. So, so here's the thing. I paid very close attention to that as well but it reminds me of five dolls for an august moon and not bay of blood i'm not sure i didn't look up the exact music for that scene but when i was when i was watching it i'm like man this and maybe it's because the movie kind of feels like five dolls too anyway yeah um it's got a five dolls vibe to it i mean it's a different setting but it's kind of the same like, wacky humor, murder mystery, a bunch of people all alone in one place kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe when that music came on, it made me think of that. But you might be right. It's, it definitely reminded me of something Mario Bava. But just that one, just that one uh, scene. Just
2: for, like, two... Like, and when they get out of the car, and then the camera's, like, over his shoulder looking at the chick with the black hair, Barbara. Yep. Um, And then it kind of, when he shuts the door, the sound of the door shutting stops the music. Oh, okay. Of the the door of the car or the door of the house? Door of the car. Right. Okay. And I was just like, oh my God, that's, and then it stopped before I could like blurt out what it was. Right. So it took me a second. What year is this? What year did this get made? 1970.
1: So exact, exact same time as. Five Dolls and, and Bay of Blood. Okay. And and dude, how about those cars, man? Some of those cars were so awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: I
1: was just like wow. <laughs> I don't know anything about cars, but I want one of those. So. Um. So uh, what else do I have here? Okay, so there are a few people in here that we've seen in other Jolly. Uh, Evelyn Stewart. Yeah. Uh, who plays Isabel? The uh, the daughter of the the guy who died. Yeah, um, she was in Case of the Scorpion's Tail, and she was in Knife of Ice. If you
2: remember, yes, wasn't she in? Um... No, I can't place it now. Wait, wasn't she in um, Forbidden Photos?
1: No, I don't think so. I feel like she should. That she's. You're thinking of, you mean the main character in Forbidden
2: Photos? I remember, because now all I'm picturing is butthole face. <laughs> um, but then, but maybe I'm like, oh yeah, she's from the night Evelyn came out of the grave. But then I was like, am I just thinking that because her name is Evelyn? Probably. Yeah. So maybe it was just Knife of Ice and
1: Scorpion's Tail. She was in the Bloodstained Butterfly, too. I think she was like the wife mm-hmm. in there. So we have her, and then we have this guy Peter Baldwin, who plays her husband. Now he's the guy who's on the commentary, and he is this director. You got to go look him up. Um, he did a little bit of acting. He was in Outer Limits, and he was on the Perry Mason show and shit like that. But when he, if you look up his directing credits, his television directing credits, he directed Murphy Brown episodes, The Wonder Years episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Brady Bunch, um, but the one I <laughs> the one I called out and wrote down because I thought it was the most important one is what was a, Now it was a TV movie called Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, <laughs>
2: gotcha. and
1: he directed that. So, oh
2: my god, does he have any relation to the Baldwin family?
1: No, and they talk about that right away in the in the commentary about mm-hmm. how he's, he's no relation. Um. So he's an American actor. Evelyn Stewart is an Italian actress. Um, then we have um, uh, Giacomo Rossi Stewart, who plays Ted Collins. And the reason why I wrote him down is because I recognized him from The Crimes of the Black Cat, and he was in The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. Oh, so okay. I recognized him. From, I'm like, he. I've seen him in Jolly before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have the most important person – from an actor standpoint in this whole movie, it's the guy who plays, um, the cop. Um, my God, uh, what the fuck is his name? Thorpe Sergeant something Thorpe. Yeah. Now, if you, I don't know if you recognize him, but there was a little movie called the Godfather part two. Uh And in the, in the scenes where, um, De Niro's character goes back to Italy or before he goes back to Italy, it's like I don't know if you're if you remember that movie because I've watched Godfather one a million times, but I've watched yeah. Godfather two maybe twice, and um, there's there's like scenes from the past where De Niro is in Little Italy, and there's uh, a boss named Don Fanucci or Don Fanucci, and he's always got the hat on and the and the jacket that's not he doesn't have his sleeves through it. It's like it's like a suit jacket, but it's hanging on the back of him. I don't know if yeah, you remember yeah. the movie. That's him. This guy, Gastone Mochin. I'm i I'm slaughtering his name. That's the same guy, the guy who plays this crazy wacky Keystone cop from this movie. He wow. plays he plays that guy in Godfather Part Two. That's his big claim to fame. Um but I liked him in that. I mean, I
2: mean I, I liked him in this movie. I thought in he was
1: this, yeah. Um,
2: he grows on you because when the movie first started, I was like, oh, fuck me. Is this going to be like a real character in this? Are we going to follow him the whole time? And then like a quarter of the way through, I'm like wanting to start his fan club. Yeah, right. Exactly. He's a very, (laughs) he's a
1: very likable character and they do a lot with him through the movie like they just yeah they do they just continue to make you like him more and more and more it's great Um, and then there's Aunt Gladys that's Georgie's mother right she's terrifying she was the maid in Four Flies okay the one who decides that she's going to blackmail them because she found she finds the picture something like that and then the scene where she's at the park after dark And she gets trapped in the park and she gets killed. That's her. Now the other guy, the guy who plays Lawrence Carter, I wrote his name down simply because it's the greatest Italian name I've ever heard. His name is Quinto Parmigiani. Which basically means the fifth cheese. Or cheesy the fifth. It's one of those two. That, that's what, about what, right. It's a fucking amazing name. I love it. Quinto Parmigiani. Um, and then I and then I had to write down this woman's name, Archida de Santos. She's the maid, Evelyn the maid, because she's hot. And I don't I don't recognize her for anything else, but she has a lot of pinups if you Google her name in, in Google Images.
2: Oh, that's gonna she's, happen. She's awesome here. Yeah.
1: So th- that's uh, basically the cast. Um, it was released in Italy in October of 1970, but the rest of the world didn't get to see it until 72. So the main chick wasn't in anything else? N- not that not that I recognize from our Giallo uh, world. She might have been in... Some, I think she was probably a little bit more famous than would be in Giallo. But I don't know. I can look it up. Her name is Anna Mofo. Oh, yeah. Or Mofo. Um, No, it's Mofo. It looks like she was an opera singer. Yeah, she's a soprano. Oh,
2: she's a soprano.
1: She's in The Weekend Murders. And then that's about it. Not too much else. So... Um, so I think it's interesting that this movie existed for a couple of years in Italy before anybody else got to see it. Yeah. Um, and MGM, um, was the distributor. So it's, it's definitely got a much bigger budget than you would normally expect from an, a Giallo film. <clears throat>
2: um, well- if MGM was the distributor, I don't think they had anything to do with the actual production budget of it. But it just it feels like it has a bigger budget, doesn't it? Well, I mean, the location they're at. Like, if they had access to that whole place. Because some of the place, it looks like the place because they're running through it. And we follow them running through it. Right. Um, but some of the rooms... Felt almost like sets, but yeah. um, I don't know. Like if if they just if one of the producers on the movie is like, oh hey, I own this like ridiculously large estate. Do you want to shoot a movie here or something like that? That would work. All the cars, um, like from Jalo, from. The Jolly standpoint, let's say. Right. More than any other film genre, there always seems to be like producers showing off shit they have, whether it be sports cars or um, villas or this, that, and the other. Um, right. So many movies where when you like find out more about the movie, you find out that, oh, that Jaguar the guy was driving was the producer's Jaguar. Right, right, exactly. Stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know if it's like, if it was kind of like a status thing, like, oh, I want to make sure I get my villa in this movie because my villa is fucking awesome. Uh, right. Or well, in this like particular that. case,
1: from what I understand, this summer Leighton Hall, where they filmed, is like a national British landmark kind of thing. Like, yeah. Uh, and they did, according to according to what I've just un, you know researched, they did film in the interior of that place. Cool. Um, and you could tell in some of the scenes, especially when they're walking up the steps and stuff. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Um, I mean, the the, the the that part of the film is just so cool. About it, it's it's. I mean, we didn't even start talking about it yet, but I mean. Um, just the idea that they had that entire place to film in it just makes me think like
2: like when you see how big that place is though yeah they only shot in like maybe like one or two downstairs rooms yeah and and then like all the other bedrooms look like servants quarters right you know what i'm saying so um and that probably had a lot to do with the deal they worked out with the place or whatever yeah but um it's funny because when i was watching it i wasn't even thinking like wow how come they're not really going through this place more like everything's either outside or in bedrooms yeah um but yeah like it um I just, I guess, I should say this up front: like this movie was so much better than I ever thought it was gonna be, or (laughs) than I ever thought it should be. Right. Like it was just a very enjoyable watch. I'm like just super glad I watched it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, agreed. Absolutely, but the problem that I had with the film was that I watched it one time through, and I really, I really liked it. Um, But I do remember at one point or another being tired and maybe um, lost a concentration on it or maybe he dozed off at one point. Consciousness
2: is what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Lost consciousness.
1: That's okay. Um, So I went to watch it a second time and I said, I'm going to watch it this time with the commentary on. And it's kind of killing two birds with one stone. I watch it a second time and then I get some background info. But the commentary, man, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Um, this, this guy, um, Peter Baldwin, who plays Anthony Carter, they consider him to be the royalty of the film, You know, the most important person in the room, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but they don't talk about the movie at all. They start talking about other people that this guy worked with And stories about things that happened on the set of the movies of the people that he worked with. And I'm like, what does this have to do with the film? Like, I want you guys to start talking about at least... You know how, like, you're watching a commentary... There's
2: nothing worse than a bad commentary track.
1: Yeah, I mean, something going on on the screen... At least once per scene, you should be calling attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a commentary. And I'm telling you, like a half an hour went by in the commentary and they didn't talk about what what we were watching at any point. And at one point, every once in a while, the other guy like jumps in, he's like, Whoa, Whoa, that was a really cool, you know, uh, zoom or, you know, crash zoom or something. And, uh, and then they just go back to talking about whatever this guy wanted to talk about. So I had to turn it off. Um, and then I watched it again today for the third time, just watching it. And, um, it helped to watch it a second time because I picked up on a lot of stuff that I missed the first time. Um, and the only other thing that I learned from the commentary before I turned it off, besides the fact that they filmed interior and exterior at this place was that they actually did have a scratch audio track that they were recording throughout when they did the filming. Um, but then they went back in and dubbed um, whatever language they needed. But I learned a new film term called MOS, which yeah. basically means that you only film the picture, right? Yeah. Instead of the picture and the sound at the same time. So, um, and this guy was talking about how these two actors would do a scene, and one of them spoke Italian, and the other one spoke English, and they they did their lines. As if, you know, I guess it's just like playing music, right? You know, you are you don't really know what the other person's saying, but it doesn't matter because you just have to say your part. Yeah. And act off the other person. So a lot of times that they would, they would record that. I would like to hear
2: that. It's so bizarre. I don't know how they did that. Yeah. Um, I've heard... Um, well, basically, I think the first time I heard anyone doing that is when I watched the tenebrae right uh, commentary or was it the girl who knew too much might have been the girl who knew too much and it was just um john saxon talking about how he didn't know um what the fuck anyone was saying right but like when someone would stop talking he would start talking that would like i don't know how like you would even know your cues you know that's just like yeah
1: I guess you you have to practice and prepare your lines knowing that you're just waiting for the other person to stop making mouth noises yeah and as soon as you hear the end of those mouth noises you can do your next line I guess I mean that's wild. Again, I don't think it really mattered too much because they were going to redub the voices anyway. So, well, like, like, specific you, nuances you of the inflection know. and shit like that, I don't think it mattered.
2: Well, I mean, like, if you're the male actor and there's a female actress and, like... Have you seen Mulholland Drive? This is a good example. Yeah, sure. Okay. and Mulholland Drive, she goes to her... Um, screen test right and they do the guy coming in he's gonna rape her and blackmail her and all this shit and she's screaming and crying and all this stuff and they're like do it again and so they do it again the same lines but like she's all up on him and kissing on him and stuff right you know what i'm saying so like if you're supposed to react A certain way based off of something somebody says, and you don't know what the fuck they're saying.
1: Exactly. Unless
2: you know, like, third line, I think they're going to be mad. Seventh line, they might start crying. Right. Like, there would have to be some other thing in it, like that. I guess I don't fucking know. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, man. It's I I can't even imagine. Like behind the scenes, the director and and whoever he was had as has had as an assistant. Would have to say those things to each of the of the people in different languages. Like you'd have, you know, the actress, the Italian, you know, the Italian actor and actress coach, maybe. And then there was another one for the English speaking people. And then it sounded to me like the one guy on the commentary probably spoke both languages. So,
2: well, that's good. But the like, only other go ahead. probably more likely than not they would just shoot like the master shot as far as they could get. Right. And then when they do the mediums or close-ups or the over-the-shoulders or whatever you want to call it, they would just have them run through their lines. Like, okay, John, give me all your lines. Right. Okay, Evelyn, give me all your lines. Right. Or whatever, you know? And just chop it together in post. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, that that's the kind of thing that I don't think I consider when i'm watching a movie and maybe the idea here is a good editor and a good director will help you forget
0: yeah. that, that
1: might be something that they decided to do yeah where they edited things and filmed things out of sequence and put it all together like if you truly believe that this is a cohesive story then i guess they did a good job right like that's the whole point um the only other thing that uh, I, I learned from the commentary is that when this was released in the United States it was released as a double bill with Black Belly of the Tarantula. Oh. So, so that's kind of cool. <laughs>
2: God, that would be like, like four hours City. well spent. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: so um, that's all of what I know about the film other than the actual film itself of from watching it. Like this is,
2: this is all I got. I don't know if you've got uh, anything, nothing, nothing different. No. Um, I honestly like, do you have like a breakdown of this or no? I have some
1: scenes and some, some, some notes that I took on certain scenes that were worth,
2: that I thought were worth bringing up. Okay. Um, because, I feel like this is one of those movies that like you almost have to go scene by scene to an extent
0: Mm -hmm. just
2: because there's so many people and everyone's involved in doing different shit. Right. But um, right at the beginning, um, not the beginning beginning, like the actual, when they, go back four days and the movie right. starts. Um, and the cop, this was one of the most interesting things I thought they did. The cops on his bike, he's saying hi to everyone in town. A milk truck goes by. He rides his bike up and takes a milk out of it and right. opens it and starts drinking it and i'm like oh what a motherfucker look at this cop thinking he could just go yeah and- that's what i thought too he was stealing and then he pulls up and gives the guy like a quarter <laughs> or whatever and he's like thanks for the milk and he's like all right man and i'm like oh he paid for it after all yeah yeah and yeah jumping to conclusions thinking he's a bad cop
1: well exactly it's well i mean
2: that's it's what just smart. from this it's kind of film, film anyway but it's just smart yeah it was, like, it was- they do so many smart things with that cop.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're <sighs> I Maybe not.
2: Okay, I'm my echo's
1: gone. Okay, cool. Um, well, but did you did you think that did you get the feeling that these opening scenes with Thorpe riding his bike around was kind of like very Mary Poppinsy? Yeah. And, like, that whole milkman gag, and it was, like, a little bit of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory kind of feel. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he shows up at the golf course, and everything changes. Oh,
2: yeah, that's right. He shows up at the golf course, yeah.
1: The mood is completely different, and there's this awesome... Like, first of all, those shots on the golf course were so surreal... It didn't, it looked, it, it looked like something out of a, out of a science fiction film, like the way that they had the golf sand trap set up and yeah. the way that, um, and the way that everybody was positioned and where the camera was. And, you know, there's this awesome shot of the cop riding his bike and he rides like it's, it's a wide angle shot from above and, and the. The cop is riding his bike around, and then he pulls his bike off, and his bike's in the foreground, and in the background you can see all the characters. Yeah, and yeah, dude, I and I just I, that's what I have right here. It says reminds me of Five Dolls, um, in that in that s- s- scene. I guess it was just the well, look
2: of it. And... It's very Agatha Christie. Yeah, you have a bunch of people who come together to hear the reading of a will to find out if they're going to become rich and um, it doesn't go the way everybody wants. And then people start dying. It's like, it's very Agatha Christie.
1: Right. Well, and
2: uh, $5 was like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't about a will reading, but yeah.
1: Right. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I love the, whatever font they used for the opening credits. Um, it just, it just worked so well with the, 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 background with the, the green and the Hills and stuff. And those, those shots of like the cop car and the ambulance, like riding over these Hills. It just, it looked weird. It looked like they were going to yeah. crash. It was yeah. so
2: cool. I thought the ambulance was going to roll over.
1: Like tip over. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, and I don't know if you noticed, but they give you a very um, subtle hint on who the murderer is right in the beginning. Yeah, they do. So, um... Okay. There's actually, like, they do that, like... Uh, they do a few times.
2: Yeah, I want to say they do it every time either someone's dead or someone... or him or the inspector are questioning people.
1: Right. I think most of the time it's a reflection. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Um, Cause, and then what happens at the very end has to do with a reflection as well. At least that's what I remember looking at. They did that really well. Like at the very, not to jump ahead, but the very end, um, the cop points, the telescope at one of the person, one of the people, And in that shot, you can also see the mirror off to the left and the other person's face is in the mirror. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man, how they did that. Seriously, like, again, like, this movie is so much better than it ever had a right to be. (laughs) Right. Like, Like, the more you think about it, the more you're like, fuck, that was really well done. Like, the part that they used when they were doing the end credits yeah the cops walking through the hedge well yeah dude i love that that was such a good shot like there's so many cool little bits like that but see the thing Uh,
1: i got i got out of that shot and and i have some notes on that particular shot is that the cop was made out to be like um a a bumpkin right like mm -hmm. like he didn't know anything and by the time we get to that particular scene He's proven that he's probably even smarter than the inspector or the detective. Yeah. And They're so now point. Yeah, instead of him following behind on his bicycle, they both walk into that scene at the same time. And I think it was supposed to really change the way you felt about um Thorpe. I think they did that on purpose, you know, not just to make it look cool.
2: Well like that I, whole bit, like the I guess it would have been the Well, first off, there's like this murder. And or a suicide and everyone <laughs> freaks out
1: in the, in the tub. Yeah. And then
2: <laughs> it's not a suicide. And if you're an idiot, like, well, unless you're an idiot, you go, oh, well, four days later, that guy's in that scene. So he's obviously not dead right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah this is true. I
2: mean, and, if you're paying attention. Yeah. And so there's that. And then, like, there's like, um I don't know, everyone's on edge about the will being read, and so like they do in every country villa cottage, they all decide to take rifles and go out and hunt rabbits together.
1: Oh, dude, I mean, the, the decisions that these people make throughout the it's film It's like, what baffling. the fuck
2: are you thinking? The last thing I would ever do in a million fucking years is go do that with those people. And then... <laughs> <laughs> they find another dead body that's not dead. Right. And it was just some dude who took a nap. And then the guy thought it would be funny to put a knife in his gut and blood down his mouth. And it, it was it's just like, a handle,
1: right? It was just a handle of the yeah, dagger or whatever.
2: Handle, yeah. Right. And so at this point, you're like, okay, so no one's really going to be dead. Like, this is just going to be, like, all for show. Yeah, and April it's April Fool's Day episode. It's like, or that movie, April Fool's Day, or... Yeah. Um, but like, so you get the, but then they never went back to that. No, And I thought that was really weird. I thought but that they, was, it went back something. to it at the very end,
1: but they don't know that very last end gag, but that's not a gag. Well, I mean the way that they, the way that they ended the movie where they decide to just run off and disregard yeah. what they're looking at kind of makes it a gag. Right. Cause it's like,
2: well, I mean, yeah, but that would, but that guy really do that. Dead. Right. How 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 quick can we get to Paris? Uh, it'll take two hours. Let's get out of here. Yeah,
1: that's why you know that. That's why I guess it's. Uh, I don't know. But I, my do you think my he was dead. I can't really make an argument for either reason. Like, okay, is he pretending to be
2: dead? But for whose purpose? Because like. So many people are off in the middle of nowhere. No one would ever stumble across them there. And if he is really dead, why? Who killed him? The mom, because she's mad that he went off to bed that um, black chick. Mm. My, my the, the line that I wrote down
1: that I like from the mother is, only animals and Americans get washed standing up. Which is a great line, because this is what. <laughs> This was right before Georgie was going to go get the bath. He's like, <laughs> And he's like, Mom, can I just get a shower? And she goes, no. Only animals and Americans get washed standing up.
2: <laughs> this is a great fucking She's line. awful. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like, there's this scene where he's going to hook up with the maid. Yeah. And um, every dude. time he gets up to get up on her, he sees his mom his coming at him. Yeah. And it's like like, first-person, like, point of view. So it's, like, this hag face coming at you. Yes. Oh, my God. Here's the thing, and I want to talk about this scene. Because, number one,
1: this was, like, the most jolly-styled scene of the whole movie. Because he's dressed all in, like, the black-glove killer, Mm -hmm. and he's sneaking in and everything. And then he tries to make it with Evelyn, and she's like, oh, it's okay, just... Here's what you do. You ask me if I want to go to bed with you, and I'll say yes, and then we'll do it. And then... then, (laughs) Is is her name Evelyn? Her name's Evelyn, yeah.
2: They shouldn't name characters the same names as actors in the movie. I know. I hate when they do that. Yeah,
1: it really screws you
2: up. Okay, go ahead. Um,
1: But, like you said, George has got this weird hang-up with his mother, right? Yeah. But here's the thing, and I want you... Either tell me I'm being crazy or agree with me. One or the other. Um, After that whole scene happens, he goes back and he sees his mother and they fight. And then she starts crying and then he hugs her. And And
2: makes this face.
1: He makes this face and they play that gunshot theme song thing. And I think that he had a premature with his mother.
0: Do you think that's what
1: that face was? That's what I think. That's what I think happened. Because he's all horned up,
2: right? Oh my god! He wanted to be with his mother, like that was the whole. I thought thing. it was just like a goofy "I'm gonna kill you" face. Because no. they show that during the end credits too. Right. They do show oh. it. Well, he also had this weird wink. Yeah. Where where he, he doesn't squint
1: his eye, he just try to he just closes one one eye and it looks weird. Yeah. And it looks like he has like a facial tick. He's fucking weird. <laughs> Just a weird fucking guy.
2: Um, but anyway, I don't know. Maybe we should ask the group. Maybe I'm... I think that's what happened. Yeah, that makes more sense. <clears throat> I think he had a premature. <sighs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, um, okay. So I love the scene where they read the will. I thought that was fucking amazingly done. Oh dude,
2: the cop is so good in it when he gets his Azaleas. Yeah. And he like starts like weeping. Yep. He's so happy. He's brilliant. Mm -hmm. He's so good. Which is why in the next bit when he's like counting the Azaleas (laughs) and the gardener's like yelling at him. Yep. You see the gardener in that scene, and then you see him at the very end when they have everyone up in the clock tower. Right. The observatory. And I'm like, they're not going to fucking say that he's the fucking killer. He hasn't even fucking been in the movie. <laughs> like in hiding the whole time. You can't fucking do this. No, no, no.
0: Oh. <sighs> <That. laughs> yeah. That... I, didn't even
2: notice, I didn't even notice he was in the end scene. That's funny. Yeah, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. If they even do this, all the credibility for this movie goes out the window.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but they didn't. Yeah.
1: um yeah I just I, I liked the way um the one thing was I couldn't tell if they were real books on the shelves or if it was just painted like you know those fake library in wall. which room in when they were reading the will I guess they must have been in the uh, library yes yes um, uh. but and and that and that's the other thing I, I always wonder like What what are all of those books? If they really are, if it's really an old fashioned library and the books all have the same kind of spine and they all all have the same kind of cover and there's walls and walls and walls of them. And are they just, is it a particular series that was all published with the same spine or is it an encyclopedia? Like what the hell is it? You know, Uh, because if I were to build a library of books,
2: they would all look different. Yeah, but maybe that's no, like old hardbacks. Yeah, uh, like, uh, like I'm trying to remember what my grandpa's study looks like, right? He had a lot of very similar leather bound hardcover books that all looked very similar, not identical, but like very similar, um, I think that was just a style for a long time, like from the, like probably the '30s through the '60s. So you think that like the
1: the publishing company took books and fiction and nonfiction or whatever from various authors, but they all kind of came out with the same kind of hard, you know, cover, so that they yeah, would
2: all, but it would be it would... like. It would be like some of them might have um, added gold lines or little ridges on them, or like in like Penguin made books that different genres or nonfiction would have different colors. So the
1: oh, that's right.
2: The, co- the cover would be a different color, so you would have browns on your spines and blues and um, lighter browns. Because like when you were doing the leather, I think all they ever did was like red, blue, and brown, black. I don't really know of any, um, but then like with your cloth bound editions, um, right? You have all sorts of different shit.
1: What was the yeah cuz we talked about this before when you were doing the paperback junkie deal about the penguin books. Yeah. The majority of them are orange and what does orange designate?
2: Um the orange books I believe are just general fiction like Fiction, literature. okay. Literature. Um I know like one of them is travel, like travel logs. Okay. Um green is something what did they have orange green
0: blue hmm i don't know it's escaping me at the minute but yes
2: orange green and blue they did have oh
1: that's not... interesting
2: <sighs> well anyway
1: um yeah. not to digress too far um so they read the will. I mean, that's if we're, if we're trying to outline the story here, the reason why everybody is at this place is because um, the father died and everybody wants to know how much money they're going to get. So they read the will. And even though Thorpe the cop gets all the azaleas, uh, <laughs> Barbara, who is the niece of the departed, who spent the most recent time period with him, gets everything. And nobody else gets anything.
2: Well, the other parts of the family get the archives. Oh, right. And this was a funny line because of what happened earlier. Because, like, I can't remember. Who's the guy that was in Evelyn Came Out of the Grave?
1: Um, the Tim
2: or Ted Collins character. Is it Ted? Yeah, it's Ted. Okay, So, Ted, he thought it would be funny... More than anything else <laughs> to show up at the family estate with his new wife who happens to be this black duchess. Right. And um he's like, Oh man, just the look on all your faces was worth it. <laughs> right. I'm like, wow, your wife's right there, bruh. You know, like, come on. But like when they were talking about the archives, it says in there, um, and you'll learn that our family made most of their money on the slave trade. Right. And I'm like, how did he know that he was going to bring back a black wife just to make that little jab in there?
1: I don't know. You think that they you th- you think that the deceased knew that that was going to happen? I don't know. And that's why he threw it in. I think It just think seems like such a throwaway line. Like, well, it, there was it, there was another mention of the white slave... or the. Uh, the slave trade um, with the other dude, um, whatever his name is, the guy who's named after five cheeses, Parmigiani, Lawrence. Lawrence Carter. There was mention, of he was in the scene where they were talking about the slave trade. But yeah, that was the thing that I recognized too. They, they said something about no money, but you'll get the archive so that you can have all I of that. Where the money
2: came from, right? And he broke his pipe. He was so mad.
0: <laughs>
2: so now at this point, I mean, everybody
1: disperses. Everybody's got a reason to want
2: well, to get the money. Guy, I can't remember what his name is either. Georgie. They, Georgie. They yell it every two seconds in that movie. <laughs> He's like, well, we just have to kill Barbara. Right.
0: <laughs> you, know,
2: you know, you guys are all thinking it. So He's like, that's what everybody's thinking. Yep. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Well shit, this movie just picked up.
0: Because like normally
2: it like like builds a little bit and Georgie's like, no, we just gotta kill Barbara. Right. So then basically the whole rest of the movie is um like people taking shots um at Barbara and mainly at Barbara. Right. But I'm trying to remember who the first body was the butler. The butler, yes. Yeah. And then they made, well, I guess no one can say the butler did it. <laughs> yeah, that so, was like, good. <laughs> um, how was the butler killed? He was stabbed. So do you think... I think he was stabbed. He, Wait. I think he was stabbed, too. I think there was a knife in his shoulder or something. But, like... Again, with, with the guns, right? Is that yeah, what you're well, going to say? Well, the guns... And I guess my issue is if you were to build a chart for this movie, like you did for Bay of Blood, ooh, I think you would find that. Can we say who the killer is now? So we can yeah. like, sure. Okay. So according to Barbara. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's Barbara. I was gonna kind of. Like, prolong that experience a little <laughs> bit. But that's okay. I think you'll find that Barbara... Couldn't have been... In certain places at certain times. So, like, if the butler is killed... Not with a gun. Right. In the middle of the night or whatever. Um, I don't know how she could have done that. I understand how... Um say Evelyn um, Stewart or whatever her name is I can't Isabel. remember her character Isabel yeah. I could understand how she was involved in that cuz that right. was all planned or that was all planned yep because the way she did it was she hooked up this gun inside of a telescope right and had it had the trigger hooked to the clock so, every day at noon, and then you would think that would also mean every night at midnight as well, no, exactly that the gun would fire
1: unless the internal clock was on some sort of twenty four hour thing, yeah, like, a, like military time or something, but
2: or maybe she unplugged it every night because remember what? they went up there and they didn't hear it ticking, and then they went back up there and heard it ticking. that was one of the things that gave it away to the cop. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that,
1: that they know that they didn't notice the ticking sound and he was talking about the bug in his ear that was buzzing around. Yeah. Is that, is that what? It, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. I I remember him saying there's something different about this place and there's just a, it's just a, like this abstract intuition or something.
2: Yeah. Well, then he also said when everyone was up there, like, um, It's weird that this clock is still going, even though no one supposedly has been up here in months.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like, I guess it's something you have to wind
2: or something, right? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just, I don't think. Because then uh, Pauline was strangled. Right. And Ted was shot. Yeah, but here's the thing that's weird. If Ted was shot, he then wasn't shot with the missing gun. He was shot with a different gun. Right. Because he had the gun there, and the cops smelled it, and there wasn't like a gunpowder smell on it. Right. So right. what gun was in the telescope?
1: It looked like a rifle.
2: Yeah. So maybe it was out. a rifle the whole time, and I'm kind of thinking too much into that. Um,
1: well, I mean, so when you're, are those the you're only saying, dead You were saying, yeah, there's only four, right? It's the butler who was killed because he knew there were two versions of the will, right? Yeah,
0: that's was what that the reason.
1: That's yeah. the reason why she killed him. And then she killed Ted because... He managed to take a picture with his camera of the gun and the clock, right? And she and and he realized that it was Barbara, and so he was going to blackmail her for the money or something. Was that what it was?
2: I, that's a stretch, but I guess.
1: But what was on the film when they? Because because I remember there's a scene where. Thorpe calls the guy who developed the
2: film. And I think that to... was him taking a picture of the clock tower outside right when the gunshot went off. Right. So it would show that at exactly noon was when well, the shot was fired.
1: But then, But then Thorpe says something about, oh, wait a minute. Someone came to pick up the pictures. Who was it? And the guy says, Ted. And he's like, are you sure? Because Ted had already been killed. Yeah. And so it was Georgie who went there to get the pictures. Yeah. To pretend to be that. So he was going to show Barbara this picture that incriminates her, I guess.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I understand that part. Um, And then Pauline was killed because she apparently didn't know how much she knew. And Evelyn, uh, Isabel, was killed because she didn't know how much she knew. Or was she killed to make sure... Because in the real will, she was going to get everything.
1: Right. Isabel was killed because she was the true heir. Um, but also because she was... Anthony's wife and Barbara wanted to be with Anthony. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the thing about Isabel getting shot through the window while wearing Barbara's clothes, um, that was just to throw the cops off the, yes. the scent, right? Yes. Like she said, oh my God, it's because she was wearing my clothes, somebody shot, they were trying to kill me and they killed her by accident. Like, but really, But really, I she
0: just told- planned
2: that. Yeah, but how did Barbara get the tape recorder, the recorded gunshot,
0: <laughs>
2: the wiring up through everything, the speaker in the plant right, to make it sound like the gunshot came from the room instead of from the courtyard at 12 the next day? Right. Or was it just a rec- No, it was a recording, so it couldn't have been. So it was just a recording of a gunshot that could have happened at any time.
1: Yeah, but she, right. She, but didn't they say something about the tape was six hours long or many, many hours long? And I, I had to go back and listen to that again. There was, once they find the recorder and they trace it all the way down to that laundry room,
0: which
2: was brilliant how this whole thing planned out. Because Thorpe figured it out. Right. And then didn't say anything. Yeah. And then let the Scotland Yard guy figure it out. Because the Scotland Yard guy just said it was suicide. Oh, suicide. Obviously suicide. Um, right. So, that's, that's because that's, the Thorpe character is kind of very
1: compassionate towards other people. Like and even though... To find out. He even you're right even though he knows more and he knows he knows more he doesn't act like a jerk and say you're an idiot he just continues to do his job to get to the the detective to reach the conclusion yeah and it pays off at the end oh,
2: obviously was brilliant it was so good was, and the bit with the um when he's like uh we'll record everybody Record everyone's yeah. statements and he's like running up to everyone with the little <laughs> microphone and shoving it in their face. Right. Jesus, fucking Cluzo. That was fucking <laughs> just classic. That yeah, was funny.
0: That was, that was so good. good.
1: And then and then the big ball of tape on the ground at the end. When he's not, he's not paying attention to the thing.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: The other thing I noticed the pool table they were playing on was humongous.
2: Because it's a snooker table. Okay. Wait, how do I say it, babe? Snooka. Snooka. Yeah, not like Jimmy Superfly, but with an R at the end. Snooker. No, you don't say it like that. It's like a soft R. Snooka. Snooka. Now I can't say it. God damn it. <laughs> how do you say it, babe? Snooka. Snooka.
1: I got snuka. it. Yeah. And so that's, it, that's a different kind of game.
2: Yeah, it's a different game.
1: It's just harder than pool, basically.
2: I don't know if it's harder than pool. It's probably much easier. I would think that... The, the, I'm just saying that to make my wife upset. Oh.
1: She says it's way harder. I would think so, because you got more of a distance to cover with your angles and shit.
2: Yeah, maybe.
1: It's like like the tough man's version of pool, right? I guess. Um, anyway... I, um, okay, so, 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 then who else gets killed? Just, just, um, what's her name? Pauline. Because she knows too much. And but why I... the
2: fuck would she bury her in the in sand the trap? <laughs> and in the sand trap and then like, go hit her ball. Like, right. yeah, yeah, like, the exactly. The idea that she took off was like her only, like, alibi if right. she ran off with some dude i don't know it just seemed like she kept making so much more work for herself and i don't know how the hell she could have got her got her to the golf course right put her in the sand trap barrier and make it look all nice get back <laughs> still look like a hundred bucks every time the camera's on her
1: it, 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 are we supposed to assume that the golf course is on the, the estate property well, yeah, somewhere. Okay, so they didn't go somewhere where it, where a separate group of people are tending the grounds at the golf course.
2: So no, it's probably just that old dude. Um, that's probably why we hadn't seen him the whole movie because he was <laughs> the golf course working on the sand traps, right?
1: <laughs> well, you know, see, that's the thing. Okay, so I'm glad we just you know we went to the end and talked about this because there are some Jolly where when you watch it. The second time it's more entertaining because you know who it is and you can make kinds of decisions in your mind about what happened off camera um, because you know who the killer is. But with this one, you can't do that because it seems like the shit that got done was almost impossible.
0: Whoa.
2: Yeah. I like when they said because there was a moment when I thought they were trying to say that Anthony was the killer. Right. And I was like, okay, I could see that. Like, he was acting kind of suspicious, blah, 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 blah. And then when she saves him. Right. And then it's obvious that she's the one who did it. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in like a, like, oh, this movie's fucking stupid because that, there's no way that could have happened. I just don't understand how that could have happened. Right. Like if she would and strangled that chick, that meant they were in close contact. There probably would have been some defensive something happening. Yeah. You know, like she had to have been a little fucked up. And then we didn't even talk about the stranger
1: stranger. Yes. (laughs)
2: Like That was like when he showed up, I thought he was going to be the bookie that, um, Ted owed a bunch of money to.
1: Okay. Yeah. And
2: I'm like, oh, so that's who he's going to end up being. So maybe he, and I don't know why, but as soon as this movie started, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be like Bay of Blood. And like, this person's going to kill this person. This person's going to kill that person. This person's killing this person. I never once thought it was one killer.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: And then when it, they're like, "Oh yeah,", yeah it was you're just- right.
1: I think you're. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm um, like,
2: probably. The fuck, are you talking about?
1: Yeah, I think in my mind, I probably assumed it was more than one. Yeah, well, I agree with that.
2: That's interesting. But like the whole fight, and then the like, put out the all points bulletin. We're looking for a black girl and a guy with a black eye and a torn button on his coat. Right. <laughs> The most specific all points bulletin in history.
0: <laughs>
2: um, like, it's just like, they're like, oh, yeah, we picked somebody up. And it was just like, I'm like, what? Because <laughs> when I thought they were going to say he was the killer, I was going to say, fuck this, no. no.
1: Like, he was too much of a red herring to be the real killer. With absolutely
2: zero motive.
1: Yeah. Well, like, you know, the thing about The Stranger, the first time I watched it, I guess I didn't pay close enough attention. I thought that he was somebody that Isabel already knew and was meeting in secret out yeah. by the gas station. But that's not what happened, right? He's just no. a passerby.
2: Yeah, but you kind of don't know that until that scene at the golf course. Okay. Because... Like, she says, oh, yeah, he just gave me a ride home. But, like, how many movies have we seen where someone's like, oh, yeah, this person just gave me a ride home? And then it's like, so are they on to us yet? No, baby. Everything's cool, sugar. You know? (laughs) Like, so, obviously, we're led to think that that might be some sort of whatever. Yeah, But when she's like, I've never seen this man before in my life or whatever. And he's like, God damn it, bitch. Don't you got to tell him the truth. I'm going to hey. hang for this. Right. <laughs> like, I was like,
0: Oh wow.
2: But she
1: basically just drove into town and met some dude, but did her, did her car break down? Was that what happened? That's
2: what she said. She was at the garage and she's like, how long is this going to take? And he's like, I could have it ready on Monday.
0: Right. And so she's so like, somebody, Oh, yeah.
2: And he's like, "Hey, good looking. You, you need a lift somewhere? Oh, I'm going the other way. That's okay. Me too. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: But I guess they just threw him in there because they wanted to just make things even more confusing. I think not, they have. It's not confusing, call- but just like to make more more of an int- more intricate.
2: Yeah. There, they, there was another producer with another car. And they're like, we got to get this car in this movie, damn it. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's see. What else do I have down here of note?
2: Um, well, let me ask you this. Since you've watched it more than once, the more you watch this, is it... Blatantly obvious that Barbara's the killer.
1: No. No. I mean,
2: you know they do the things because every time they talk about a murder or they go, I wonder who did this, the next shot, it's just like they did an eyeball. The next shot is of Barbara. Right. Or she's like looking at somebody through the reflection of something. You know, like it's all, she's always there yeah either at the time or right after but other than that is there any um i don't know like after you know it's her do you still feel like you don't know
1: yeah i, th- I that's what i was going to say like I, the second time i watched it and i didn't do the commentary i was paying attention to every time they kind of threw a picture i mean a lot of times what happens is the person gets the body gets found and they do this thing where they play the music and then everybody comes running to see what's going on. And the camera does this close up, but they don't do a close up of just one person. They do a close up of everybody who's piled up in the hallway or in the yeah. doorway and they show all their different faces. But then sometimes, you know, this one's coming from up the stairs and then this one's over here. And then I love how they always they took the, the, the chauffeur. And he was always down in the bottom somewhere.
2: Jesus Christ. They showed him every single time. Isn't he in Death Walks on High Heels? No. I looked him up. Um,
1: He's not... He's not from anywhere. Where did you think he was from uh, Death uh, Works on High Heels?
2: One of the people in the fishing town.
1: No. No, he reminds me of...
2: Jaws from the James Bond film. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But like, what's her name? Did him, right in the car? Yeah. Okay. That's another question I had for you. So he sees the, the, the
1: light go on and off. He walks towards the car, the door opens, and then there's a hand and a tape deck, right? Like a tape recorder with yeah. some music playing and that's yeah. all they show. Right? Yeah. So she's in the, she's sitting there in the car and, and tells him to come in. Yeah. I, you know, like they never actually showed her face. So I don't know if I was supposed to. Uh, because you know, they, you know how Jolly have these throwaway scenes where maybe they were going to film more of it, but it got cut out, but they left half of it in kind of thing. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> that's what I thought I was watching, but. Um, to answer your original question, um, I really think that Barbara is like the least, the least, the, the, the person you suspect the least. And I guess because logically, the, she's the person who got all the money, so everybody else must be trying to kill her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the, the, the clues and, you know, the, the hints that it's Barbara that they make with the camera and focusing on her at certain times um, is pretty blatant when you know, it's her. I when think you, the, when you the, don't know it's her, I don't think you really even pay attention.
2: I think the part where you should really realize that it's her, but again, this is all based off of the knowledge of a second will. Right. And since we were never privy to that knowledge, Right. There, there doesn't seem to be a reason to kill anybody. Um, but when Georgie acts all creepy, he's like, hey, I need to tell you something in secret. Can we go somewhere like yeah. more quiet where we could be alone? And she's like, okay. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? He's the creepiest fucking one out of your whole goddamn family. And you're going <laughs> to go fucking walk into a fucking like. And then he's like, don't tell the cops. Yeah. It concerns the family. Yeah. Like, the only reason why she would do it is because she knows she's the killer. Yeah. And she's got nothing to worry about. So, but to me, I'm like, bitch, you are going the wrong way. Turn around. Like, run. Before
1: you knew it was her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because it could be him. Yeah. But what you were saying, too, about that everyone running into the rooms. It was, and this again came out after this film, but it was like clue where someone would scream and everyone would run into that room and you would try to see who was running into the room (laughs) and then try to count who was there. And then a couple minutes later, and when they're still in the room, see if all those people are still there. If someone's been added Right. You know what I'm saying? So like yep. there was one time when Lawrence came like barreling through everybody to get yeah. into the room. And I'm like, I wonder if he made it through ran downstairs and ran back upstairs and then barreled through the room. So he, people could see that, Oh, he was there when we found the body. Right. But again, this is just like me thinking way too hard about a genre that I shouldn't be thinking hard about at all.
1: Well, you know, and it's, it's not really, you you're, you're being too hard on yourself because I think that after you watch it the first time, when you go back and watch it the second time, you're looking for where are they, are they giving us the hints and the clues, but I don't know when I watch it without knowing anything, if it's my first time through, maybe I don't, I just, I'm not as critical of a viewer as I should be, but I don't look too closely at that stuff because if they if they do like a a a crash zoom on three different people's faces you know i'm basically just saying okay the director's trying to get me to look at all the people and make a decision about who i think it is you know yeah um but then when you know who the killer is then you're like okay what did they do different when they zoomed in on the killer? that I should have noticed the last time, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Like her eyebrows are penciled in, in a different area of her forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention that I just thought was hysterical, you know, you have all these movies where, um, you have the montage of the person putting together clues and all this stuff right before they're going to figure it out. The way they do it here is just him sitting in front of the snooker table. Right. Just like, like rubbing his chin And the camera gets closer and closer and it's just hysterical because, like, normally there would be, like, evidence on the table and they're, like, Finkel and Einhorn, Finkel and Einhorn, like, trying to, like, put it together kind of thing. Right. You know? And he's just sitting there and it's, like, dun, 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 like, moving closer in on him. (laughs) And then he's, like, aha! Um, And I just thought that was ridiculous. Like, it was the most, like, anticlimactic montage scene ever in right. any
0: movie I've ever seen yeah I'm looking at it right now he's, yeah, he's...
1: <laughs> yep they're zooming in on his face Get it? but it's like I think you know um, the thing I liked about Thorpe was that he clearly had you know, an evolved enough brain to be able to be smart enough to, to do this kind
2: of detective work, but he was still quirky. Yeah, but here's the thing that makes this movie different from every other movie like this. Right. He is the only cop who actually knows how to do his job. Yeah, 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 very and true. When he was talking to the um, Scotland Yard guy, When he was on the phone, he's like, How dare you? Who is this? And he's like, Oh yeah, that's the operator. If you if you don't give her information, she's gonna disconnect your call. (laughs) Just talk to her, it's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like he's
1: he he's he's got everybody figured out, but he's just he's still, you know.
2: And then when he gets everyone up into the um, observatory, and then the Scotland Yard guy runs up and he's like, What's the meaning of this? (laughs) Oh, I was gonna point out the killer unless you want to do it oh no no no, no. i'll let you know if you're wrong yeah yeah (laughs) i was just like oh they are class dude like i could watch like nine seasons of a tv show with those two guys being (laughs) butt cops right i'm like he's gonna ask him to go to scotland yard he's gonna ask him to go to scotland yard and then he's like i was wondering and i'm like
0: oh
2: yeah, 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 right, exactly. And he's like, it's, it's, it's a buddy. It's a, here comes the buddy comedy, right? Yeah, oh my god, I was waiting for it for like, oh, I just thought but, it was gonna be perfect. It just reminds
1: me of remember Inspector Gadget where the kids would always solve the murders or, yeah, the, or the crime, and, and yeah. then he'd come in and, and take credit for it. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but he's just like the most competent cop, and in most Jalo films no. the cops are fucking idiots and someone who either has a degree in music literature ballet or some <laughs> other thing like that they're the ones who are able to figure out the crime you know better
1: than the cops yep
2: yeah and this cop even though he's got a stupid hat on he was brilliant yeah brilliant
1: oh out and he was and and he was you know Again, he was the, you know, the, the humble selfless type cop didn't really ever get frustrated at the fact that he knew
2: more than the other guy. Well, just like in the reading, like the will said, like for years, you've been coming every Sunday Play chess with me and throw the games because you knew I'm a bad loser or whatever, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So,
2: like, he always is like this, he just wants everyone to win and feel good, and that makes him feel good seeing someone else happy, right? Oh, he he just breaks my heart. Great character, definitely the anti
1: Jalo hero, right? The anti Jalo. I
2: want him in every movie now, and I'm (laughs) really sad. Like I wonder if he's done that character in more things. Like is he like a Inspector Cluzo kind of character? Like Don't know. Where, oh, and I'm gonna have to do some research on him. He was fantastic. Yeah, I mean the, the, the character he portrays
1: in Godfather two is um way Not different.
2: This yeah <laughs> way different. But it's just like, if you're on the fence about watching this movie, just watch it for him. Because it is so refreshing. He is so good. Like, I'm overselling it now.
1: If you're on the fence about watching this movie, even though you know who the killer is. They're
2: going to forget in two seconds. (laughs) They're, They're like, I think it's someone named Evelyn. They said that name like 17 times. It's either Evelyn or Ted. He was in a film called *Caliber 9, which is a Policcio Tesco,
1: which sounds pretty famous, like from from the from the Policcio Tesco realm. Yeah, like that. That's one Milano Calibro 9. It, it sounds like one that everybody talks about. So I don't know. He's in that. Um. And that was directed by the same guy.
0: Wait. Is
2: this?
1: I think so. Wait, hang on.
2: That's interesting. Oh man. Do they team up? Oh. No, it's not. Oh, you're breaking my heart, you jerk. But he cool. did
0: smoke in this. Um,
2: so how is
1: he how is that guy? I know Maybe that he's
2: like an kid. AD or a writer
0: or a cinematographer on it. I think so.
2: <laughs> anyway. Anyway, good movie. Everyone should watch it. Um, th- this gets uh, a two knives up. Well, now, okay. I got... All right, I'm looking
1: through my notes again, I, and I agree with everything you just said. But I have I have another question. Okay. Um, Barbara is out in the in the front of the of the ha- of the estate, walking around on the grounds.
0: And She's, talking,
1: she's yeah. talking to the she's talking to the detective, and the shot comes out and hits the thing in the middle of the hits the statue in
2: the middle of the landscape and makes it spin. Yeah. What the hell was that? that was one of the shots from the observatory and that was the one that was set up at noon
1: but when that when that goes off it's 10 minutes to 10 i looked at the clock the clock shows 10 minutes of 10 but i also want to know did she know it was going to shoot
2: well, here's the other thing that I don't understand. They said they didn't hear a shot and right. that the gun probably had a silencer on it, but I heard a shot. Right. Didn't you yeah. hear a shot? Yes. Okay. So definitely a shot. I guess that could have been the gun that, um, Ted had in his hand, but who shot it? Ted. So Ted shot at Barbara or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I still I, don't
2: get like that part. The other thing that I don't understand is if the clock bit, unless she could set it to whatever time she wants, which I guess she could.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but I mean
2: why is the clock such a big deal and figuring
0: out who the murderer is. I don't know. And what was... What,
1: what was the photograph? What the, what was in this photograph that had
2: the clock and the gun in it? I don't think it had the gun in it. I thought it just had the clock tower.
0: Oh.
1: Well, because when Thorpe is talking to the, the guy who developed the film, he says something like... Clock, a gun. Clock, a gun. Oh clock and a pistol, that's what he says. Clock and a pistol. And the the photo the the photo has both of those things related to it somehow. I'll have to go back
2: and watch it again, I guess. I just thought it was the I thought it was a picture of when that thing got shot with the clock tower in the background, but that doesn't, that still doesn't make any sense. See, now here's another thing that could be completely fucked. We could be just having a really bad translation in the, in the dubs and trying to make all this sense out of something that the way they actually did it will not make sense.
0: Well,
1: Normally, I would agree with you on a typical Jalo, but this seems like
2: the fucking weekend murders, man.
1: I think they did a little bit more quality control when it came to the various um, language dubs. I
2: don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Have you watched it with subtitles on that bit?
1: No. No, I didn't try it. Yeah, I I don't know, man. The the part about well, who, the who shot the gun is... at Barbara, was it supposed to be shot at Barbara? Was it just the timer going off and she happened to be outside? That part, I still don't understand.
2: Well, the part where they said, I didn't hear a shot, did you hear a shot? Yeah. And they're, they're both like, no, but we heard a shot. So there's obviously something fucked up. Well, like, maybe it was supposed
1: to be something. that... Maybe it was the soundtrack shot. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't know.
0: <laughs>
2: Did you hear a shot? I heard Tchaikovsky. Yeah. Yeah, I piano.
1: Right. But yes, I think I agree with you. I thought this was a really well done, interesting, fun, fun to go back and watch a second time. Um, lots of gags. Lots of interesting, I mean, the cinematography and the set and all of that stuff was really well done. It's eye-catching. Like, some films are just fun to watch no matter what because they look really good. And this is one of them.
2: I don't know if you had already picked what to watch next, but I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? We were talking the other day. Maybe you should just go through each year and see like everything that comes out that year or whatever. Right. Um, Should we do something like that too? Since that was something that we recommended people do. Do we do it like a survey where we do
1: many from that year? Do we try to concentrate on covering all of them or do we pick like three or four that we think are important to cover?
2: Well, what else is in 70?
1: A Death Occurred Last Night, Five Dolls, Forbidden Photos, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, In the Folds of Flesh, and then Bay of Blood is, when we get to Bay of Blood, we're at, we're at 71. So there's a few in the 1970s A year that we still haven't ever covered
2: or talked about.
1: Death occurred last night I've never seen. Hatchet Uh, for Honeymoon I've seen a long time ago.
2: What year is Wicked Wicked?
1: Oh, Wicked Wicked is, I think, 73. So Wicked Wicked, um, the reason why I mentioned that film to you is because this film, this Weekend Murders film, just feels like it would have been a, a good double feature with Wicked Wicked. And the reason why is because Wicked Wicked definitely has a giallo vibe to it, but it's an American film with American actors. But it's got a little... It's, the, the cool part about Wicked Wicked is it's it's two points of view, two camera angles at the same time. It was this gag that they did called duo vision where they they film the film twice and while you're watching it there's something going on on one side and then there's something else going on on the other side and sometimes it's the same scene but two different angles and sometimes it's two different characters in two different locations but happening simultaneously and um, excited about that it's um it's really like a, it's a really gimmicky. Like you could tell that there was no way that this was going to be the next big thing in in film, even though that's what they thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but it worked really well for this movie. Um, and there's just a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor, and it just reminds me of a Jalo, even though it has nothing to do with um italy or Jalo at all i just it was it's just a film that i thought you would find funny um because there's a lot of like quirky characters in it and it's there's a lot of like sexual humor in it and stuff like that but um, i'll
2: check it out anyway
1: yeah it's awesome (laughs) yeah it's really cool it's really cool like i saw it in the movie theater um I went to like one of those 24 hour horror movie marathons yeah and somewhere between the fourth and the fifth movie they played this and i would say 95 percent of the people had never seen it and the place went crazy because it was just this great audience particip not audience participation but it's just a great
2: movie to laugh at um in a big theater because it's like dude, you are selling this so well dude i'm i'm in <laughs> i'm totally in um, so,
1: ladies and gentlemen, what will happen is we may be doing Wicked Wicked next time. We may be doing Hatchet for the Honeymoon or Death Occurred Last Night. Uh, Matt and I will figure that out over the next couple of weeks as we prepare. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, then, until next time, everybody. Why do I do that with my voice? I don't ciao, know. Ciao, <laughs> ciao, ciao, everybody.
1: Ciao, ciao, everybody.